Hello, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. Here we will delicately and tactfully walk through each psychological issue. Psych! This podcast is meant for entertainment purposes only. This is not intended as individual, psychological, or medical advice. Please proceed at your own risk and always defer to your individual medical or mental health care team. Basically, don't make it weird, guys. Right. (laughs) Hello, everyone, and welcome to Shit Your Shrink Thanks. All I want to do is have some fun. I got a feeling I'm not the only one. All I want to do is have some fun. I got a feeling I'm not the only one. All I want to do is have some fun. Until the sun comes up over the Santa Santa Monica Monica Boulevard. That is Sheryl Crow. This is all I want to do. Have some fun. And we are talking today about ADHD on our podcast, Shit Your Shrink Thinks. So we thought it was very apropos to put Sheryl Crow in there about all I want to do is have some fun. We tried to match the song to the content area. Welcome back, folks. As we mentioned, this is our pod. It's Shit Your Shrink Thinks. It's a show where two shrinks tell you what we think about mental health. We give you some fun new facts or skills to try. And then we try them out ourselves and we let you know how it goes. And usually it goes medium. Like, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) we sort of do okay with it. Yeah, it goes medium. It goes okie dokie at best. And then a lot of times you guys might feel validated because you see us do our best, and then maybe do just medium at our best. And so that could that could maybe make people around here feel like their best is good enough, hopefully. Right. So as you guys might remember, we are still learning about each other on this podcast, and sometimes we like to share a story that maybe the co-host might not know about us or just in general what's good. So Sunny, what is your what's good for today? My what's good is I'm actually going to plug somebody, but because I really enjoy what's happening. So my friend, Brianna Mann, so you can look this up, Brianna, M-A-N-N, Brianna the Man. she has created a dream course. Ooh. Yeah, no, it's so cool. <laughs> so I'm getting to pilot her dream course. So essentially, so she got licensed as a clinical psychologist. And then she is now venturing into kind of like the spiritual and coaching world more. And so she's learned a lot about Jungian psychology and kind of like that more old school mentality about dreams and how like dreams might mean this, that, or the other thing. I don't know as much about it. So let me be clear. I am not an expert in this department. What I do know is that she's given me the keys of the castle and I get to test a lot of her stuff for free. So it's like I get this free like analytical dream therapy. And it is so freaking cool. It's like videos and worksheets and stuff. It's like a passive course that she created. And I just, y'all should definitely check it out. So, I mean, the world would have to pay money for this and it makes sense. But I'm just telling you that it is very much worth it. She also did an inner child meditation that I thought was really, 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 really cool. Each time I do it, I have a different experience with it. So, yeah, I'm just going to plug a friend of mine, Brianna Mann, PhD. And, uh, yeah, you can look under her products, and it's it's pretty radical. I'm really enjoying myself and learning a lot. That's awesome. Yeah. And you have such vivid dreams. Like, that's it. You've got some 
cool, crazy dreams and maybe not always so cool. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that's yeah, that's exactly it. That's why I part of the reason why I wanted to do it is because, you know, to be a guinea pig one to help a friend, but also too because I'm genuinely learning something. And uh, yeah, I'm basically getting in therapy for free. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> That's really cool. That's yeah. awesome. That's why I was Way good. Way to go, Brianna. Yeah, I know. Yeah, shout out. Ooh, ooh. What is Woo-hoo. your what's good for this week? Oh, also my pants are inside out. That is my other one. <laughs> <laughs> On purpose? Or you just like, we're like, eh, like it happened. And you it just, just happened. It. And I think okay. they might be more comfortable that way. So. Oh, okay. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. <Sure. laughs> what's good with you this week? My what's good, I'm going to share a hunting story. Okay. 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 More, more, more. Yes. So I've shared before about the time I ended up peeing on my pants while out hunting. And that time really displayed how good my family was about tracking deer and kind of knowing where they were, where they were coming and going. Right. Right. So, you know, in the morning, normally you sit out and you kind of wait for the deer to come to you. If you're hunting in the middle of the day, a lot of times what you'll do is you'll kind of post up somewhere and then someone will kind of walk the creek bottom mm-hmm. and kind of scare up some deer. And so one time I was sitting on the side of a hill, had my back to like a bush, but right, right. on the edge of the hill. I mean, okay. like like my, the bush in my head were like top of the hill. Okay. Got it. And my father and brother were walking some deer toward me. Mm-hmm. The deer were supposed to run in front of me. Okay. Is what we predicted. What we had all the, the goalie. Yeah. yeah. Instead, a whole herd of doe, like a, a whole herd, I don't know, 20 some. Oh, no. Jump over my head. Like no! seeing hooves over my head. Just brr, 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 brr. Their hooves are like razor sharp, too. They're yeah. like sharp. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was a little startled, needless to say. <laughs> This is like the scene in Lion King where the wildebeests are running. You can get yeah. killed this way by these wildebeests. I know. I could have had like a one smack me in the head. Yeah. It was, it was crazy. I was very startled. And so it took me a hot minute because I was just so startled. I was um, I was like fumbling a little with my weapon. And, you know, this was still early in my hunting career, too, to be to right. put that out there. They jump over my head. They get across the way, and I'm still starting. I'm like, oh, shit, I got to shoot at some of these. (laughs) (laughs) And I just start shooting without really aiming, to be honest. I'm shooting in that general direction, just like, I got to hit one of these 20. One of them's got to (laughs) fall. You're like Scarface. It was like Scarface. My parent, my, when my dad pulled up later, he's like, I thought there was a war going on. I'm like, what the hell were you doing? Say hello to my little friend. Yes. <laughs> I did actually get one. Uh, oh, good for you. Okay, you got one. I did, but I feel bad. I mean, I sh- people, gun safety, don't shoot unless you're aiming. Yeah. And to be fair, again, moving forward in my career, I... Yes. Do not just shoot without aiming. Okay, right. <laughs> but I was scared. Yeah. I just got, like, pummeled. And- <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> this is, like, the most redneck story. <laughs> I love it. Oh, my God. You in the forest. You in the forest. It reminds- we have a love-hate relationship. It reminds me of when, like, noobs are playing, you know, like, first-person shooters, and they're, like, kind of yes. spinning around in a circle and, like, shooting at the sky and stuff. This happened, but yeah. IRL. In real life. 
<laughs> That's amazing. I like this one's good. Thank you for this gift. I will take it. <laughs> so how was your outside of podcast experimentation? How did that part go? Mine was more gratitude. Okay. I'd say I failed. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, it, I just wasn't having it this week. I, there were good things that happened, but I could not hone in and focus on them. I was focusing on poor, poor, pitiful me. So me too. that was just the week I had. Unfortunately, I did not do well. Yeah. It's Michaela and I had kind of parallel pity parties. We did not join each other's pity party, but we had on the same day a pity party each for ourselves. But we, did yeah, <laughs> we didn't even know we were both pity partying, but it happened. Uh, yeah. Where I was, yeah, I was a miserable mope yesterday too. Gratitude is really hard. And that's the time where you need it, but that's the time where it's hardest. Yep. And so you get back on the horse and you try again. Yep. <laughs> Dust yourself off and try again. That's Aaliyah, I think, maybe. Probably. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. I can never remember the artist's names. I can only remember the lyrics. Yeah, I could. I would make up anything and nobody would know. So <laughs> uh, I did not do, I think I was supposed to do something in that department. I did not do anything in that department, but I did something alternative. A lot of times I find that I'll set a homework for myself, and this could be for people listening in the audience too. It's okay to set something and then to do a different thing as long as you're doing something. That's, I mean... You're yeah. still doing something, so this is good. I think yours was still supposed to be bibliotherapy. You didn't do. Oh, a... really? Okay, good. Yeah, it was. I did it do. Was. Okay, I did do bibliotherapy. I was like, I think I was like, I was wondering if I tried to do more positive psych or if I tried to do bibliotherapy. But I did continue bibliotherapy. I, su- I yeah. successfully. That did was the homework. goal you set for yourself. So you actually you did it. Okay, hey, <laughs> 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 that's right. I'm perfect. <laughs> Uh, yeah so i i have been reading i i try to read self-help books before a client of mine reads it so if i am recommending a self-help book then it ends up being you know kind of like therapist approved i want to make sure i've read it so i have a bunch of children of alcoholics on my caseload right now it's like a whole thing that's happening um Mm -hmm. i don't know i have this and then like a bunch of people with adhd on my caseload which we're going to talk about today but I wanted to, I had a couple of books for this, but then I wanted to read a new one and to see if it was useful or not useful for these clients. And I'm, so I'm in the process of reading this new one. So, and I thought it was really, it's been really interesting. So yeah, I'm going to be able to, it was kind of like a business slash self-helpy bibliotherapy. So it's good. It was useful. I found it useful. Cool. Yeah. So I did do some homework. So today, folks, we are going to be chatting about something that is near and dear to my house, my house, also <laughs> my house, uh, my heart, and this will be ADHD. So many close friends and relatives of mine have this diagnosis, and mm-hmm. uh, I have a lot of insight into the inner workings just because I am surrounded by this very often. I find that I'm very attracted to people who have this diagnosis for whatever reason. I think they are just so clever and witty and fun and adventurous. And so I see it as like, okay, maybe there are a set of symptoms surrounding this, but I also wanted to portray it for the lovely thing that it can be at times also. Yeah. Uh, So yeah. So as usual, we'll start by talking about the criteria for ADHD, what it is. As we're talking about what the criteria for ADHD is, we'll give some real life examples that kind of help connect the dots for people. um, Just because I see these real life examples all the time. And again, I'm having a lot of clients kind of flood my caseload with this right now. So I can I can give a lot of examples. Yeah, I think this is a diagnosis that 
a lot of people have at least some some symptomology for. Maybe they don't yes. meet full criteria. Yes. But a lot of people go undiagnosed. You know, yes. if they weren't super disruptive, then they go undiagnosed. And then later in life, they kind of like come to the realization like, oh, yeah, <laughs> this is what this that's what's going on. Why is this happening to me? And then they realize there's an actual neurological thing going on. And right. it helps explain a lot, I think. Yeah. So the DSM has several criteria for ADHD, which is attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. And they're as follows. So there's kind of two categories. Do you want to start us off with the first one, Michaela? Yeah, the first one is inattention. So you have to have six or more of the following symptoms be persistent for at least six months to a degree that is inconsistent with developmental levels and that negatively impacts social or academic or occupational activity. So again, this has to impact our functioning. You have to have it for at least six months and you need at least six or more of these following inattentive criteria. Yeah, this one is stable and enduring. You know, sometimes you can do better or worse, but globally it is there. Right. So one of them is often fails to give close attention to details or makes careless mistakes in schoolwork, work, or other activities. So real quick, some examples of that could be like you just don't read a question all the way through on a test and then the teacher asks you like, did you see the not in this (laughs) sentence and you just didn't read it. You just answered a completely different question. Or maybe on an email or on a test, you just skipped like three sentences mentally. You just, it was like you missed the body of the paragraph when you were reading. So you responded to something else. Um, Similarly, if you're writing something, you just kind of missed a a sentence while you were writing it. So it's Mm -hmm. like you just are kind of like or you just like spelling errors or punctuation errors that are everywhere when you're moving too quickly, um, just missing things because you are simply not able to attend for the entire task. That would be an example. Another one is often having difficulty to sustain attention in tasks or play activities. Right on. So if you are in a meeting and your boss is talking into your face, like maybe you get like without even knowing, you just kind of like... Before you realize it, you're getting up and eating a turkey sandwich in the other room. Before you know it, you're like cleaning something. Before you realize it, you are texting on the phone. You just c- cannot with this meeting. Right. And, and trust me, I also cannot with meetings. But like this is in a way that you don't even you don't even feel like you're totally making the choice. You're just doing another thing without right. even realizing it totally. Yeah, you're just floating from thing to thing. Often does not seem to listen when spoken to directly. Right. So let's say your partner is talking to you and you are cooking and doing the dishes and vacuuming the floor and kind of like puttering all around the house. And they're like, are you listening? And maybe you are, but you're like just kind of catching snippets of it. Uh, That would be this, like you're just kind of doing a lot of different things. And then sometimes when somebody says your name, it's like you check back in. You're like, oh, yeah, right. I'm listening. It's not You're not doing anything malicious. It's just you have to be doing a couple of different things at one time. Sometimes even that feels like it can help you pay attention to do a couple things at one time. Not always true, but it does feel like that. I think for some people, it's also just kind of daydreamy. Like, you know, somebody's talking to them and they're off in their head solving some other problem. Then they say the word, your name again. And they're like, oh, 
sorry, yeah. what? <laughs> I had a client once tell me uh, she had not been diagnosed for a very, very long time that the minute somebody starts speaking, she will hear that first sentence and then have like 30 thoughts about the first sentence that that person communicated to him. So if I walked up to you, I was like, Michaela, I like giraffes. The rest would then be like, wow, 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 about giraffes. And you would have like this whole inner dialogue about like, oh, giraffes live in Africa. I think there are two different kinds of giraffes. I like baby giraffes. And then like (laughs) what would come out would be like, you know, uh, something way later down the spectrum, like, hey, did you know giraffes are, you know... Right, and they're like, I'm not even talking about giraffes yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it would be like a much later thing. Anyway, so that would be just kind of zoning out. Often does not follow through on instructions and fails to finish schoolwork, chores, or duties in the workplace. Right, so a close relative of mine used to have just like... <laughs> like worksheets, half done worksheets shoved in their locker, unable to just like, it was just, they could do them. They just kind of got distracted halfway through and then it didn't get done. Or like, imagine somebody cooking a meal and they put the water on and they boiled the water and they put the noodles in, but then it's just, just noodles. There's no other thing has happened. Um, Mm -hmm. It's, it's getting distracted in the middle of it and then just kind of like walking away and not finishing. Right. Getting the load of laundry started, but not actually like pushing start because you went to go find another sock and on your way to the other sock, you found something else and then you just never finished that task. And before you knew it, you were on your phone talking to your mom about your socks, right? Like things just, (laughs) things just went downhill. (laughs) Often has difficulty organizing tasks and activities. So I hear this one a lot in practice. It's like, I can't initiate a task because I don't know where to start. Like, I don't know what step one, two, three, four, and five are. I I can't, like, organize that set of instructions in my mind and hold it cognitively in my working memory long enough to then begin the task. So a lot of times it looks like, like, internally it looks like I can't organize this, and externally it looks like I can't start. Right. And sometimes it's partially, I think, because everything seems like the same level of importance, it's hard to find which step is first and which thing is more important to attend to. Yeah. Triaging is is really hard when you have inattention symptoms. Absolutely. Yeah. Good point. Often avoids dislikes or is reluctant to engage in tasks that require sustained mental effort. <laughs> <laughs> try to read with a child who has ADHD. Just try it. I dare you. <laughs> This is (laughs) trying to read with a child that has ADHD is a perfect example of this. Most of the time, kids who have ADHD, they don't want to read. They are not interested in it. It requires sitting, sustained focus, organization. It's just not fun. And honestly, it's like it's difficult. So it doesn't feel good a lot of times Mm -hmm. if you have ADHD. So you just just kind of like wiggle out of their chair, slither around onto the ground, play with the pencil (laughs) that they're trying to follow the sentence with, stand up in the middle of reading. It's just I mean, it's, it's really hard to engage in things that they don't like. And I often hear people, even when they're in adulthood, they feel bad about not being able to do the thing that they don't like because a lot of times it's things they need to do. Like none of us like to do chores, for example, um, and they know that they have to do it. And so there's this like shame spiral that happens where it's like, why can't I just do this thing easily? So then it just adds to the avoidance, which sucks. I, I always feel bad about that. Right. It sucks also because, like you said, things that you quote unquote need to do, there's there's no rules like we we're kind of taught like there's certain rules that, oh, you should 
do your laundry this many days a week or you should dust this often or, you know, we don't need to hold ourselves to that standard. And I think that shame spiral impacts us. But hopefully when you do start getting treatment for this, that's something that your therapist can help you kind of work towards and find what works for you, like a workaround where you're not shame spiraling for not doing things on the way that other people do it. Right. Exactly. Your yours is going to look a lot different. Yeah. Right. The other thing is uh, often loses things necessary for tasks or activities. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to call this person out, but I have a joke with a person who I love very much of how many times are you going to leave the house before you have all the things necessary to leave the house. I don't know if you've ever watched Broad City, but it's like, Alana, PKW, phone, keys, wallet, every time, get your phone, keys, and wallet. But I think it's like, that isn't. I, like having an, an acronym for somebody with ADHD, it just isn't going to be enough. It has to be all in the same place. It's got to be at the same time of day every day. There's going to have to be a lot of structure around having the crap you need all in one pile. Right. Uh, you're just going to forget, like, let's say that it's not even just leaving the house. Let's say it's like doing a math problem. Like you might forget your worksheet at school and then you might realize you have no pencils at home. And then you're like, Oh, my calculator's in the car. It's just like everything is everywhere. And so like acquiring the tasks to put everything together in one space, it's like that would actually be step one. But that step is really challenging, actually. Yeah, The organization is exactly. difficult. Yeah, because right? yeah, they get left all sorts of places because yeah. you get from task to task. Yeah. yeah. And then and then you're like get bored in the middle of like finding the calculator. And you're like, nah, fuck it. Uh, math, is yeah. done. math is for nerds. <laughs> Often is easily distracted by extraneous stimuli is another uh, symptom. And that just means that things going on outside of you are super interesting. And the task that you are doing is super not interesting. So you just kind of, let's say you're studying in the quad. You're in college, you're in the quad, it's springtime, and you're like trying to study outside. And then some people are playing Frisbee next to you. You are going to get up and go play Frisbee with those people. (laughs) Those are your new friends now. You're going to go do that because studying is lame and Frisbee is cool and that's going to be an example of just kind of getting distracted by things in your environment and engaging with those things instead right often forgetful in daily activities yeah so yeah. that's pretty that was pretty straightforward yeah, yeah yeah so the next set of symptoms you can have more like a hyperactive type that is you can combine the inattentive symptoms and the hyperactive symptoms or you can have more of one than the other so some people are more inattentive and some people are more hyperactive and some people just split down the middle Mm -hmm. uh this these are the hyperactive symptoms and impulsive symptoms so you've got to have six or more of the following and these have to persist for at least six months to a degree that's inconsistent with developmental level and negatively impacts social, academic, or occupational activities. So very much the same as the other one. So the first one is you often fidget with or tap hands or feet or squirm in your seat. Like you cannot be still. Stillness is your enemy. Right. We all know this person, right? Who's like constantly jiggling their leg, like jiggle, 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 jiggle. You can hear their keys, jiggle, 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 jiggle. Just like cannot <laughs> be still. They're just kind of like vibrating as they sit. It's you're yes. like, just get up, man. Just get up. <laughs> right. Which is why those like fidget spinners and those little toys or games have been something like game changers for a lot of students. Yeah, I actually have a client right now that we found we did like fidget shopping together. Uh, nice. Because I do like teletherapy and we were talking about like what are the kinds of like 
fidgets that might help you most. Like you like to jiggle your legs and stand up and whatever, whatever. So like, what are the ones that we could, he, he likes the, um, fake bubble wrap one where you can push Ooh, in yeah. and out the bubble. He likes to keep his hands busy. And he also has ones where he rotates what looks like it's black and discreet, but it looks like nunchucks, like tiny nunchucks. And he rotates them in his hand. Someone very That's close cool. to me does does well with fidget spinners, like lots of just just like spinning and spinning and spinning the fidget spinners. I've seen um, little kids do well with like gack, like oh uh, yeah, putty, the little putty, yep, yeah, squishy putty slime, that sort of stuff. It can really help. And you know that kid when you're growing up who like spins the pen all cool in their fingers. They have <laughs> yeah, they have made their own fidget. So these are the people who have are, are having a hard time sitting still. Sometimes you can give them a fidget and they they have an easier time. Often leave seat in situation when remaining seated is expected. So again, this is that kid that you're spitting in class and they just get up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> why are you up? <laughs> have you have you seen the like Instagram real TikTok videos? It's Lee McNasty. He's a teacher and he talks like all all of his skits end with "Why are you up, little man?" And it's like little two little kids are always arguing, and it's like you're a mother crapping capper. And then the other kid's like, I literally don't even care and then they start fighting and one just stands up and like flexes his muscles it, and, it all, and it always just ends with the teacher being like why are you up that's that's pretty much this is why are you up they're always up i actually have a hilarious story about well maybe i'll wait maybe i'll, I'll wait uh someone very close to me has exemplified are you gonna remember it though i feel like we should just tell it. okay do the tangent all do right. the tangent all right i'm doing the tangent so I, I'm not going to call this person out, but somebody who I love very dearly in my life, many people, but this person in particular has the most profound ADHD in the world. And uh, this person is a joy to be around and is also in the entertainment industry. I'll just say that much. And at one point in time in class, so class is going on, like a full on class is going on. Teacher is teaching. This person I know is in the back of the classroom. We don't know what's going through this person's mind. All you see is person stands up, person walks to the back of the room, person opens the window in the back of the room that is beyond a countertop, person climbs onto countertop. Oh my gosh. Person climbs out of window, closing <gasps> window behind person. Person, <laughs> person absconds from classroom, runs... Runs across playground. Person then hides inside of cheese on playground. You know the little like, oh the little um, yeah the little holes the little yeah. hole thing the it's like a I don't know it looks like, like concrete. a climbing thing yeah, yeah it looks like concrete and it's got holes in it and it's shaped into like a cheese that would be folded in half with little holes in it, it looks like Swiss cheese yeah person hides inside of cheese shaped thing in playground teacher. <laughs> Teacher becomes concerned upon realizing this person is no longer. How did the teacher not see that whole situation happening? <laughs> I don't know. I don't oh know. Oh my God. I don't know. Uh, teacher becomes concerned that student is not in class. Apparently, other students have not seen where the student has gone. A manhunt <laughs> begins to find the student. Begins to find student. Oh. Student is found on playground inside of cheese. When asked, what went through your mind, student, that you are now inside of cheese and opened a window, student says, I was hot. 
<laughs> I was I was I was hot. So apparently that was what happened when they decided to open the window. I was like, I'm just gonna try to get some air here. And my guess is is that it's like then I see this cheese and I think that cheese is dope. I'm gonna go to it. And that was the whole thing. That is like the best example of ADHD I have ever ever seen. Like that is it. That's this symptom as I leave my seat in situations when remaining seated is expected. Plus getting sidetracked, plus impulsivity. It's like all of them rolled into one. Remind me uh, to tell you the story of the teacher and the map. That's a good oh one. I'll God. tell you at the end of this Okay. One. Or okay. maybe next one. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So often runs or climbs in situations that are inappropriate. So we're going to just right. The there you go. Story, <laughs> cheese story there. <laughs> runs, climbs out windows, lodges itself in cheese. What's another symptom of hyperactivity? Often unable to play or engage in leisure activities quietly. Right. So a lot of times um, another close person of mine got stopped when they were at, oh, let's call it a camp. Uh, and they were like playing basketball outside and everybody is yelling. But this person is yelling in like a special yelly way and literally got stopped by the camp's counselor and was like, yeah, like I know that we're outside. It is outside voices. But you are like... You're uh, like, in <laughs> you're <extreme>. cut above, <laughs> you're cut above the rest. We got to calm down. So like, if you, if your outside voice is even too outsidey, <laughs> then, then you might have ADHD that could happen to you. Yes. They are often on the go or acting as if driven by a motor. So this is that person who just can't, again, can't sit down. They're just go, 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 go. Yeah. I've seen this actually end up in a goal-directed fashion. So sure. sometimes sometimes people can harness this power, like the Energizer Bunny, and just kind of, like, fuel their life. The energy is not always a bad thing. You just got to direct it the right way. I think a lot about, like, a husky. Like, ADHD mm. is what a husky <laughs> would be like if they were a human being. You just got to get a sled to pull and go in the right direction. Got right. a lot of energy. I like that. Often talks excessively. Yes, I have a yeah. client right now where I got to kind of like, we have a, a way to interrupt each other uh, that is not seen as rude. We just kind of say like this word to interrupt because she tells me like, if you don't interrupt, I'm going to talk this entire session about literally nothing and we're not going to get anything done. And so we have to have a word for it. And that's great, yeah. actually. It works out really well. A way to redirect. That is Yeah, great. yeah. Often blurts out an answer before a question has been completed. Yeah. 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 That's hard. So again, this is this is sometimes where you're missing all those details, right? Some that could also be part of the inattentive where you're not you're not listening to the full sentence, the not part, and you're like, "Oh, I know the answer." Yep, and you <laughs> say the answer and that that can a lot of times you know, having really high IQ. So a lot of people with ADHD also have really high IQ. Yeah. So it kind of like masks the ADHD and you just kind of come off as Hermione Granger just being really, really smart. But the reality is, is like you cannot control the impulse to say the answer out loud. <laughs> and so people miss it because you're super, super smart. That can happen. Often has difficulty waiting one's turn. Yeah, just goes right to the front yeah. of the line. We all know that kid where we're in the lunch line and that kid just is like, nah, I'm not. Lines are for squares. And they just go, they just like go on up there. They're like, I can't do this. Like, I'm, I really can't do this. And that could be a, a sign of ADHD. Often interrupts or intrudes on others. So it could be butting into conversations or games. Again, I'm not waiting in line. 
<laughs> yeah, I just, no, that's not possible for me. I'm going to just do that. And that's kind of the impulsivity symptom is just this is, impulsivity means this needs to happen right now. And I don't have mm-hmm. a way to really delay the gratification. It's just, I have the thought, now it is occurring. That would be impulsivity. Right. So several inattentive or hyperactive impulsive symptoms were present prior to age 12. So that is another component. Of this, yeah, of this disorder. So it can have just developed later because a lot of times, so this is a a condition that people have. It's a lifetime long condition. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have it prior to 12 years old, then a lot of times if you are having these symptoms, it's related to something else. Like it could be a medical condition or it could be PTSD or it could be anxiety, right. et cetera. If you, if you didn't, if you've never had these symptoms as a child and then like suddenly you do have them as an adult, there's probably something else going on. It's probably not ADHD, likely. That doesn't mean everybody has to be diagnosed before age 12. Right. Because actually lots of people are missed and then yes. they you know, they're really smart or they compensate in a lot of ways. And so then they get caught when they're in adulthood. And then that ends up being kind of, they they wonder like, oh, well, shouldn't I have been diagnosed sooner? Yeah, probably. But okay, it didn't happen doesn't mean you don't have it. Right. Yeah. It's more so, did you have those symptomology when you were 12? Yeah, Yeah, that whole time. Yeah, so and several inattentive or hyperactive impulsive symptoms have to be present in two or more settings. So it's at home, school, work with friends, relatives, other activities, but it can just be one setting because then it means it's like setting specific and the setting could be causing it. We, we need to see it in multiple different settings. Like this is just how you interact across the board. And there has to be clear evidence the symptoms interfere with, reduce the quality of social, academic, or occupational functioning. Right. Again, we this is about is it is it functionally impairing you? If your life what what you do for your livelihood flows well with that kind of attention and thought stream and yeah, hyperactivity then woohoo, then you know, you, you don't have to seek treatment just because you have these, but if it is right. affecting us then Right. Exactly. And we all, we always say this, but this is not related to another disorder like schizophrenia or psychosis or anxiety. You just really want to make sure there's a good rule out of the disorder because like ADHD symptoms, a lot of them can look like PTSD symptoms or anxiety or even sometimes like substance use can Mm -hmm. mimic ADHD symptoms. So just be careful that you know where it's coming from. Yeah. Yeah. You always want to do a rule out with any of these with any diagnoses, but I think, again, this is a diagnosis that sometimes does not get caught in the beginning, but also it can be misinterpreted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and we know today that this episode is going to be two, but we're, we're just going to talk a little bit about the prevalence first, and then we will kind of break this up into two episodes. But it seemed to me, especially now that I'm in private practice, that ADHD has been super, super common in who is presenting to my caseload. And Mm -hmm. so I'm getting a lot of referrals for it, but I I just wanted to know kind of how common is it really? And so the prevalence rates can vary depending on the population that you study, where you are studying this population, uh, the diagnostic criteria for ADHD. So it varies a lot, but there are some general estimates. So in children and adolescents, according to a systemic review and meta-analysis published in JAMA Pediatrics in 2019, the estimated global prevalence of ADHD in children and adolescents was 7.2%. 
with rates ranging from 5.8% to 10.4% across regions. So again, mm. we put it at about 7%. Boys are more likely to be diagnosed with ADHD than girls, but it doesn't mean they're more likely to have it, just more likely right. to be diagnosed. And we talk about that a little bit later, but I can spoil the fun or you can spoil the fun, Michaela. Why are boys more likely to be diagnosed with ADHD? Because of the disruption that yeah. they are more likely to cause in a classroom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Boys, for whatever reason, tend to have or, or express, I don't know if they have, but they express more of the impulsivity and hyperactivity issues. Yes. And so that means they're disruptive in a classroom, which means that they get pulled out and tested more often and then actually get the accommodations, whereas girls right. are more likely to demonstrate at least, I don't know if it's because of socialization or what, but they demonstrate the inattentive sy systems. And so they're more like kind of spaced out in their own world, just kind of not paying attention. So they might do poorly in school or be really quiet, but they're not pissing the teacher off. So they're not getting right. tested. So they're not getting tested. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. So Boys are more likely to be diagnosed, and there's a male-to-female ratio of about two to one. Tell us a little bit about adults. In adults, it's estimated the prevalence of ADHD is lower than in children, but still significant. A meta-analysis published in JAMA Psychiatry in 2016 found a pooled prevalence estimate of 2.5% for ADHD in adults aged 18 to 44 years. However, this figure may be an underestimate to the true prevalence, as many adults with ADHD do go undiagnosed and untreated. Yeah. Or I yeah. think really sometimes they just self-select into careers or positions or relationships mm. that are actually mm -hmm. like way better for them. So like think about school, right? School yeah. is awful for people. Traditional school right. systems are not made for people with ADHD. And no. so they're going to look really disordered when they're in this traditional school system. But let's say I'm a lady who has ADHD and then I become a welder and I work with my hands all day. And then I like, maybe I work outside part of the day or like I'm a park ranger. I literally have a patient right now who's a park ranger with ADHD and she's just like finding stuff in the woods all day. That's yeah. like... Yeah, you're, you're not going to feel as dysregulated because like your impulsivity and the way that you operate actually goes with the flow of that job. So you're right. not going to it's not going to feel diagnosable at that time. You're not going to seek seek help or treatment because it flows with how your state naturally is. Or maybe you get in a relationship with somebody who's really calm and good natured and really doesn't kind of like enjoys your outbursts or whatever and just goes mm -hmm. with the flow. That's, again, you make friends who support this or have similar hobbies. You're just not going to get diagnosed at the same rate or need treatment at the same rate. Right. Yeah. Which, I mean, to, to some degree, I feel like, you know, if this is something you struggle with, maybe it is something you consider is trying to find something where you can have a little bit more flow and then let your creativity just go from, from thing to thing. Exactly. I, it, it makes me sad sometimes when people with this end up becoming depressed as well. Right. That because, makes me sad too. That makes me really sad. Because they're trapped in this system that they, they feel obligated to be a part of. Yeah. It's like seeing like a golden retriever bummed out. It's just not natural. I don't like yeah. It. I don't right? like it. That's messed yes. up. It just feels uh, like there needs to be a better option. I just don't like right. how our system is set up, but go figure. No. I hate everything. So it's <laughs> just one of the things that I don't like. We'll just keep a tally. So in specific populations, the prevalence of ADHD can be higher, such as those with like a comorbid psychiatric or neurodevelopmental disorder. 
uh, or even sometimes those involved in the criminal justice system. So you would imagine that folks in the criminal justice system, a lot of times they kind of get on the wrong path. And part of it may be due to school Mm -hmm. being really, really hard. Um, So, for example, a study published in the Journal of American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry in 2021, it found that among juvenile offenders, the prevalence of ADHD was around 38%. So, I mean, impulsivity, if you're trying to stop yourself from stealing something, it's going to be really hard to override that impulsivity, for example. And if you're already struggling in school and maybe you have truancy issues because you don't like school or not engaging in school, this could be something that comes up. So it's just something to be aware of. So and it's important to note the prevalence rates are just estimates and they can vary really widely based on the population and the criteria used. And I think too, like just environmental context, like technology tends to make this way, 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 way worse. Like worse. Yeah. We are doing this podcast in America. So the way that America is structured is really not conducive for ADHD. Like if you're in a really urban city type environment with lots of technology and cars and traffic and whatever around you, like your symptoms are going to be a bit more prevalent. Yeah. In those sorts of situations. So just keep that in mind. So based on all this, we're just going to like use this episode to tell you guys about what the criteria are and the prevalence of it. It's it's fairly prevalent is what you should know. And that always to me is like an indicator that either something is wrong <laughs> with the way that we're treating people in our environment or actually this like was adaptive in some evolutionary context at some point. So we'll talk about some of that more. Um, We're going to talk about the potential causes of ADHD and some of the treatments for ADHD at the next podcast. But for this week, we're going to talk about what what do we want to try for outside of session practice. It can be related to the ADHD stuff or not. I'm curious what you're going to try. I'm curious what what your plan was. Because I, I might just try to do the gratitude thing again, just because I failed so miserably this last week. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 I just, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to go with gratitude, actually. We're not even going to, I'm just going to do that. That's yeah. We're going to try the gratitude again. Yep. I'm going to focus on being more supportive of the many people in my world who have ADHD. As I was reviewing this list of symptoms, I was like, ah, this is a hellscape. <laughs> like, I was like, if I had this, I would be a mess and a demon. So I just had like a renewed sense of empathy for the, oh, yeah. the many loves of my life who experienced this. And just just kind of like having a appreciation moment for what the positive things that are associated with this diagnosis are, and then mm-hmm. trying to just be more aware of those positive things rather than all of the shortcomings. Because um, this relationally, ADHD can come up a lot. Uh, as you imagine, right? If you're in a relationship, then with anybody who has ADHD, a friendship, relationship, sibling, partner, it doesn't matter. They might like interrupt or they might not always follow through on a task or they might, right. what, you or they might not be paying attention when you're trying to tell them something. Right, yeah. right. And it doesn't mean that they don't care. It just means that they are really struggling. And so there are ways to assist. And I was just kind of re-remembering like, ah, I know some ways to assist. I know some ways to appreciate this and to not be so severe and to live and let live. So that was just kind of like a, a mental note for me to be more... Uh, open and understanding about people's kind of like individual things because this one's neurological not yeah it's just your brain this is just yep. something that there is so yeah that was I that like was that. one thing that's for a, me that's a good one acceptance good. i've got a <laughs> i've got a joke for you this week yeah yeah hit me 
Okay, so this one is actually on brand. I have this one. How do you get an ADHD person to clean the house? How? Assign them some homework. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Do you happen to have one for us this week? I do. I do. My family just doesn't pay attention or respond to me. Hmm. I asked my son what his favorite insect is, and what do I get? Crickets. Oh, (laughs) that was good. (laughs) I like that one. All right, I'll take it. Thank you, everybody, so much for your Life Minute today. We so deeply appreciate you spending time with us. Consider, if you're liking what we're doing, uh, putting a tip in our tip jar at www.patreon.com forward slash shit you shrink things or consider just liking subscribing or following the podcast reviewing it yeah or sharing an episode you like with a friend yes all of that really helps us so we will take what we can get we will <laughs> thank you so much and we will see you next week okay see you bye. next time bye